welcome to the STR Data Lab. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the STR Data Lab. I'm Jamie Lane, Chief Economist at AirDNA, and I'm here today with Robin Simon, the partner at Easy Street Capital. Robin, welcome. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah. So I find the lending market is one of the most interesting spaces in the short-term rental industry right now. And we've seen, what, a doubling of just the 30-year fixed rate over the past 12 months. And we've seen home investment and slow pretty substantially uh, over that time. We've seen a dip in housing prices, and now they seem to be going back up. So is this housing recession over and sort of I'm getting into how you guys are evaluating the market, how you guys are evaluating specifically short-term rentals and and working with investors to define properties and, and finance them for them. So I just, I'm really excited to dig in today, but maybe we could just start with the who, what, why of Easy Street Capital. Like, who are you guys and, and what do you do? Sure. So Easy Capital, we are a private lender. We are headquartered in Austin, Texas, but we have a nationwide lending platform. So we lend in every state in the country, excepting North and South Dakota and Nevada, unless we have a licensed broker involved in the transaction. So traditionally, Easy Street um, uh, has been a, what's called a hard money lender, founded around 2016, primarily focused on hard money loans, short-term loans for rehab projects, fix and flippers. Um, and that side of business has been going strong for six, seven years. Really strong origination platform, really strong reputation, over a billion dollars in originations uh, last year and, and this year. Um, and that's been kind of our bread and butter historically. Last year, I came over and, and we launched a complimentary platform, what's called DSCR loans. So these are loans for turnkey properties, so cash flowing, income producing properties that don't need any rehab. And that side of the business has also been growing uh, very rapidly and aggressively over the last year and a half, despite the extremely volatile market and interest rates and short-term rentals and, and everything. Could, uh, could I just stop you right there and we get some definitions out of the way? Uh, sure, sure. Sure. Hard money, soft money, DSCR. Could you could you just quickly define those for me? Yes. Yeah, so 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 definitions are really important in my view in in real estate because it can be confusing for a lot of people, and the same term can mean different things, and you could have five different terms that mean the same thing. So I like uh, to think of hard money as generally uh, loans that are for rehab projects. So properties out of foreclosure, properties in need of work, properties in distress. So these are short-term loans, uh, where the intention is to uh, purchase the property, uh, do a renovation and either flip it or then rent and refinance it after that term, typically six, nine, 12 months. DSCR loans is, is a pretty new uh, loan type. It it's, falls under the non-qualifying umbrella. So it's, it's private lenders, uh, proprietary underwriting, not, not based on Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, agency lending. Um, and it's been around for about five, six years. And we've done a really um, intentional uh, attempt to really get DSCR loans into the real estate lexicon and really define those for people. So I've, uh, I've written a series of articles for, for bigger pockets on that. And we, you know, really trying to educate people on, on what DSCR is. So it's a loan that is primarily, and that's a keyword, primarily based on the, the asset. So the investment property um, and not on the, the borrowers or the investors' personal income. So 
There's there's no DTI. There's no uh, income verification. Um, and and but, sorry, D, DTI. Uh, debt to income ratio. So okay. so they don't. So DSCR lenders won't look at your own personal income. They'll look at the revenue potential of the property, and that's that's one reason why they're they're used for short term rentals because short term rentals are are uh, expected and intended to really generate that cash flow on their own and not require um, you know uh, personal income. So a keyword there too, primary is we, we DSR lenders will run credit um, and will want to make sure you have a few months of liquid asset reserves in the bank. So there's certainly not quote unquote, no doc or, or ninja loans. Um, and there's certainly not completely asset based only based on the property, but they're primarily based on that property and with a, with a little bit also on the, the borrower themselves. That's great. And sorry, you were continuing on and sort of easy street and talking about it. Was there anything else you wanted to say there? Yeah. So, so we're, we're growing. We have really two, two prime primary products, the, what we call the easy fix. And that's, that's hard money for those uh, renovation projects. And then what we call easy rent, which is, you know, 30 year typically fixed rate loans for, for turnkey or revenue producing properties. And, you know, we, we do DSCR loans up to 10 units and for traditional long-term rentals for medium term rentals, but you know, one of our, our big specialties is loans for short-term rental, short-term rental loans. We've been a big believer in, in the space. We uh, are probably one of the you know, top three or, or one of the leading lenders for short-term rentals. We've stayed strong with short-term rentals over the last year and a half through a lot of volatility. Um, and, you know, that, that's probably our number one specialty in terms of uh, DSCR loans. That's great, and and you you mentioned the the type of loan. So, and you, you said you that you work with clients sort of up to ten units. So, and what do the typical clients look like that you're working with? Is it people getting into short term rentals for the first time, and this is their first property, or is it primarily they've got one or two, and you're helping them grow their portfolio? What do, what does your client base typically look like? Yeah, that, that's a great question. And, you know, the, the, the way I typically answer our target borrower is, is someone really who has generally between five and 50 properties. Um, so when you're first getting started, you know, your first, second, third investment property, uh, maybe you're just trying short term rentals, you can likely still qualify for conventional financing, which is going to be um, a little bit less in rate and going to look at your W-2 and, and um, be still kind of reasonable with the paperwork and the, and the hassle when you're, you're just starting out. So that usually is more for conventional lenders. And then when you have more than 50, you know, that's, that's an institutional level, level borrower. So either you know, get a big line of credit with a, with a big institutional finance or sell your portfolio, retire on the beach, and then you shouldn't be messing with, with us on, on more individual loans. But our, our real sweet spot is, is that five to 50 properties. So really that investor that maybe uh, is looking to scale, maybe they're ready to quit their job and start being a professional investor full time. Uh, maybe they just don't qualify anymore for conventional with the DTI issues. Um, maybe they want to partner up, form some LLCs, really start scaling, really start taking it seriously and really want to go from five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, um, you know, in the course of a short, short period. And that's really our bread and butter on um, those scaling uh, real estate investors uh, that want to build a portfolio, that want a trusted lender that can uh, partner with them and that can be reliable and do quick financings and, and be comfortable with. So, so that, that's really who, who we target. 
That's great. And maybe digging into to the data a little bit now, since and it has been, as I think you and I both said in our introductions, a volatile period for the for the housing market. Though you did say that you guys have been growing, so maybe the tailwinds behind just short term rentals in general have been enough to offset sort of the headwinds that we see in the overall housing investment market. So what are you guys seeing in sort of trends in investment activity and interest in short-term rentals? And how has that evolved since I knew you guys have been lending in this space? Yeah, well, um, it's it certainly evolved. It's certainly been a, a volatile market. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, 2021, um, no secret is a big boom in short-term rentals. And, you know, with interest rates down for these types of loans in the 4% range, um, you know, these short-term rental properties would, would really print a lot of money and you didn't really have to worry about invest, investments working um, because it was, it was so lucrative. So a lot of that has, has changed um, over the last uh, couple of years with, with interest rates now in the 7, 8, 9% range. So a lot of those same deals will be a little uh, pickier in terms of what really cash flows, what will really get you those returns. So we rely a lot on on your data on AirDNA because um, we we've been tracking it for a long time and we we've seen it be very accurate, very you know conservative as well. And you know it's, it's showing um, what's kind of more boring than some of the hysterics that might be in either direction because you know it, it's it's certainly come down a little bit from the peaks. It's certainly a little bit lesser, but it's still still pretty strong in a lot of areas, and there's still deals to be had, uh, you know, for sure. Um, there are a few markets that, you know, certainly we, we keep an eye on and are saturated, but we're, we're still seeing, seeing good data in a, in a lot of, lot of areas. And month after month, we, we keep seeing, you know, the, the revenue and the, the economy and the travel economy, you know, print solid returns and, and solid numbers. And uh, also, we see uh, people saying, well, all these all these SDR loans, all these DSCR loans, all these SDR investors are going to you know, lose money and, and not be able to cash flow. Um, so it's kind of like you can't have it both ways. You can't be, be worried about you know, a housing crash and, and interest rates uh, you know, staying high and the Federal Reserve keeping interest rates high while also saying the numbers are really good. So all in all, I think it's, it's less boring and less... Um, sensational than a crash. I think we've seen the five to ten percent reductions. I think we've obviously seen the interest rates rise, so it's it's harder to find deals, but they're they're still out there. And I think the the kind of the crash narrative is is we're still waiting to see it if it if it will ever come. And and is that something you guys have sort of a unique view on of loans that you've lended and are continuing to track what the incomes are for those properties and sort of what you underwrote them at and what they sort of need to keep cash flowing to sort of cover the the debt service? Yeah. So, so we are a lender. So a lot of these, um, but we don't keep these loans on our, on our balance sheets. And so a lot of these short-term rental loans are at DSCR loans are sold and end up in these non-QM securitizations um, in, in large pools. But the reality is that we we haven't haven't seen any real uh, trouble, um, you know, on these on these loans at all. Um, the delinquency rates have have ticked up a touch, um, but they're still low, two, three, four percent. There hasn't been a you know a massive or, or any even noticeable uh, 
defaults or uh, delinquency spike in, in these, um, you know, in these securitized products and these MDS. Um, so even though we don't, you know, service our entire portfolio and, and really see that view, we'd certainly see more, I think, if it was happening and, and all signs point to just not a lot of distress especially since, since transaction activity in 2022 and 2023 has been very low. And uh, it was especially compared to 2020 and 2021. You know, all those investors are, are sitting on the short-term rentals that, that they have three or 4% rates on. So, you know, they had a lot of cushion to absorb big, big drops, um, but their, their financing cost is so low at you know three and a half four percent for you know thirty year fixed um, that they can absorb that and it's it's still cash flowing and it's still a um, you know a solid investment property for for a lot of people. Yeah. So what what were you guys thinking when you saw the headlines that uh, DSCR loans sort of made to short term rental operators were going to collapse the overall housing market? Yeah. I mean, we do, we try to, we try to fight, fight back a lot on that. Um, there was a, you know, a, a singular article that, uh, last summer that, you know, believe it or not, uh, you know, interviewed a few people and it spooked a lot of, a lot of wall street and a lot of, uh, these, these bond buyers and it caused the financing, um, availability for short-term rentals to really dry up for, for a little bit. Um, so, so those things have, um, you know, have a lot of effect and, you know, I think, you know, try to, uh, you know, set the record straight. And I think you guys uh, do as well with a lot of good data, with a lot of good content and a more grounded approach um, than some, uh, unfortunately, the, you know, clickbait hysteria that, that can, that can generate more headlines and have real effects. But, um, you know, we, we, we really pride ourselves on, on transparency and, you know, I, I personally post every single deal we do, uh, including the interest rate. So, you know, um, if, if we're doing a couple loans at 10 and a half percent, 10 percent, I'm still posting. I'm not not hiding from the fact that, you know, those those are the, the rates we're doing. So, you know, the, the only way to fight that um, is is kind of what what you guys have been doing and, and what we try to do as well is to show the data, show the content, be, be transparent. And, and I just think those uh some of those articles, some of those you know pieces, just I don't hold up the scrutiny. Yeah. So and obviously there's there's been some and changing trends and and we've talked a little bit about those. But where are you seeing in terms of market activity? Is it in the same type of markets that you guys were lending in in a in a six percent environment as a ten percent environment, or and has it evolved or is it changing? Or how are you seeing changes right now? Yeah, I mean, I think we're we're still seeing um, activity in a lot of markets. You know, e even the ones before. I I think there's some markets that have had some saturation, um, but we're still seeing deals there. You know, some some of those include maybe Joshua Tree and and Smoky Mountains, and um, you know, maybe some some aspects of you know the West Coast, but. You know, what we're really seeing a lot of our investors do that have a lot of success is the, the quote unquote Airbnb strategy. So, you know, prices just simply haven't really dropped materially. Um, and with the rates the way they are, unless you're going with a very low down payment, you know, it's hard to hard to make the numbers work. So a lot of really professional investors, especially our our target, you know, market that, that know what they're doing, that are that are scaling are, are still sitting on the sidelines outside of the 
the Airbnb investment strategy where you're buying a renovation project, you're, you're taking out hard money, you're, you're renovating it, tailoring it as a short-term rental, tailoring it to your strengths and your, your STR machine, and then refinancing it. So you get a lower basis, you know the market very well, and then you can refinance it into a, into a long-term debt, put it into STR. Um, and we've seen a lot of people have success on that. Um, which market not as important as focused on a, on a local market that you know very well that you, and that if you can execute a, a solid renovation, that's where we're really seeing a lot of people have success in, in this, this time. Oh, that's, that's great. And, and nice to hear that <laughs> you're still seeing an investor, investor activity, even in these sort of high interest rate environments. So you talked a little bit about this, but maybe you could expand on, and when you're working with a lender, how are you guys getting to a figure on on how much you're you're willing to lend on an asset? What are you taking into account when you look at that? Like, is there sort of upside that and investors can and find, or sort of what what's that process there? Yeah. So so for our DSCR loans, our short term rental loans, um, the qualification is really based on on three main factors. Uh, there's other factors on, you know, as well, but the three main factors are your credit score, um, the LTV, the leverage you're taking out, and then the DSCR, the debt service coverage ratio. Mm -hmm. So, so right now for our, our short-term rental loans, we'll, we'll go up to a maximum of 80% LTV. So that's, that's 20% down on a purchase or on a, a rate term refinance, which means you're refinancing, but you're not getting any cash out of the, out of the transaction. And then 75% LTV on that, um, you know, cash out finance. So those are our, our limits for, for funding. And, and those have been steady. Um, we've, we've kept that very steady for the last two years, despite, you know, uh, all the, all the volatility. And, you know, in terms of how we, how we evaluate from there, we want, we want to see the, we want to see the, you know, debt service coverage as high as possible. We want to see the personal credit, um, obviously as high as possible experience as well. And then, you know, DSCR loans, like I said prior, is, is they're not all the same. They're, you know, a lot of them, DSCR lenders, short-term rental uh, lenders will have similar guidelines, but, but they'll be different. And, you know, like I said, we specialize in short-term rental loans. And then for our short-term rental loans, we've, we've had a unique philosophy based on actually AirDNA Air data to qualify for, for years. Um, and we've, we've relied on AirDNA and, and those projections to to qualify and to underwrite uh, for quite a, quite a bit of time now, and we, we found it to be you know very very helpful. Uh, our philosophy too is we really divide the world um, into two groups. So one will we we define as a professional owner of short term rentals, a professional SDR investor, um, and that's someone that's that's buying a new SDR and they either you know in say Austin Texas and they either have a success story. Uh, a, a STR in Austin already that has 12 months of operating history, or if Austin's a new market for them, they have three or more STRs with 12 months of operating history in the United States. So in our view, if, if they have those successful short-term rentals in the same market or throughout the country, um, then we, we call them a professional and we say they, they know what they're doing. They probably have a pricing engine set up. They've probably done market research. They have the data. They've had the 2 a.m. phone call with the you know, clogged toilet. They, they have their management team. We think they know what they're doing and we're going to aggressively qualify them. We're going to give them max LTV 
and we're going to qualify that DSCR based on the ARDNA projections, 100% of those projections. So we, we like to be very aggressive and we like to target those borrowers because they're, they're professionals and, and they have a great track record and we believe in um, you know, SDRs and, and investors that take it seriously. Um, and then everyone else who doesn't qualify for that professional designation, maybe they're uh, a first timer, maybe they are, you know, don't have all the history they need, maybe they're shifting over from long-term rentals to short-term rentals. We're going to still lend, lend to them, but it's going to be a more conservative underwrite, a more conservative uh, qualification. We're going to take some haircuts on the rental uh, income, maybe maybe reduce the LTV a little bit. So we want to get them started, but we're going to be much less aggressive um, and, and more conservative uh, underwriting that. But, you know, it, it works for, for, for both types of borrowers. But, you know, one of our things I think we're known for and what we really do is, is be really aggressive on that qualification and underwriting for, for the professional STR investors. Yeah. So and given that you work with quite a few both new and professional investors and you guys have I'm probably seen investments go well, investments go bad, and that and people they can't necessarily get comfortable with. But what advice do you give someone that's considering investing in short-term rentals? And how does that conversation go for you guys? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, we want to be a, a lending partner. Um, we, but we, we target professionals, like I said. So part of that, too, is it's kind of trusting that they know their markets, they know their they know what they're doing. They know the, the regs and all that, all that stuff. For, for someone maybe transitioning to short-term uh, rentals or, or you know, just starting out, um, you know, we, I personally uh, think, um, you know, the best advice is a balance between, uh, you know, just doing it and just jumping in, but also being pretty conservative. So, you know, choosing a smaller, smaller property, a smaller value property, maybe choosing a market that's pretty liquid, that, that offers short-term rentals, but also has, you know, the, the long-term rental backup plan and then chalk it up to, okay, we make money, it's a bonus, but you'll learn more from just jumping in on a smaller property and experimenting than, you know, than hours and hours and months and months of, of reading and research and, and all of that stuff. So, you know, that, that's generally the advice I, I think, uh, you know, I give is, is just jump in, but, you know, keep it, keep it limited. Don't over leverage, don't buy too to a uh, high value property, buy in an area that's, uh, you know, that, that, that's easily convertible to a long-term rental or medium-term rental options. Um, don't just jump in and buy, you know, a $3 million, you know, getaway palace in, in Outer Banks uh, when, you're, when you're first starting out. And I think, uh, I think people will be fine. I think uh, we, we are big supporters of, of bigger pockets, uh, social media. There's a lot of great information out there. Uh, our website, we produce a lot of content, AirDNA, you know, the data there, plus the content is really good. So, you know, not to say don't research all that, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of resources out there that uh, if, if you take the time to, to learn and, and be a little cautious, I think the opportunities for success are still very high. Yeah. And obviously you guys are taking a, a big bet on the industry um, as well as and lending on these properties. So, can you share what what is it and that you guys see and when you're sort of getting people excited, either your investors or when you're sort of formulating this plan to go further into short term rentals? Is there anything in particular that and you can talk about on maybe why short term rentals? 
Yeah, and and you know, I, it's been really interesting to see the growth of the industry in the last um, couple years. I've been saying it's in the kind of the third inning, or probably more like the fourth inning right now, where you know we we are a big sponsor of a lot of these conferences, where it's it's you know interesting to see a lot of investors, but kind of cottage industries around it. So a lot of data providers, a lot of lenders, a lot of management companies, a lot of you know all these. Uh, you know, companies that seek to serve the industry. So, you know, one of the one of the real exciting things about about short term rentals, I think, is that it's still a very rare opportunity for really everyday people or, or people that don't have a huge amount of wealth to to get in. Um, not quite the ground floor now, but but pretty early on, and still have that opportunity to, to build quite a big portfolio and get financing and. And become a real player in it where, you know, I, I think that's going to end in, in a few years as it matures and institutionalizes. But, you know, an everyday person trying to get involved in real estate, you can't, you know, it, it's you, the barriers to entry to, to being able to be an investor in, you know, large multifamily properties or trophy office towers or shopping centers are so high. Um, it's hard for, for, you know, everyday people to do it. But that, that opportunity is still there, I think, for short term rentals. And, you know, that, that's one of the reasons I think uh, we're all. Uh, really excited about the, the about the opportunity there because it's it's still such a growing industry that that isn't you know fully matured and fully consolidated uh, yet. Okay, and you you spoke a little bit about and where and you guys are lending at today maybe around ten to a half percent with how you guys are looking at changes and then what the Fed's going to do. I'm sure you guys are looking at projections on where you see interest rates are going. How do you see in housing prices in general, and how do you see the investment landscape shaping up over the next year, year and a half? Yeah, so so to clarify, you know, we we've done a couple loans, you know, it's north of ten percent for for people maybe with challenging credit or when the market was was uh, much poorer. But right now, we're probably on most of our short term rental loans in you know the seven to eight to nine percent uh, range. You know, it, it's it's very hard to predict where where things are going with interest rates but you know they've ticked up again recently but i i think i think the math says that they have to come down and they have to come down soon if you look at the the government uh you know debt load and the interest expense there it, it just doesn't it's, it's not feasible to keep interest rates this high you know for for a lot of reasons so so we're we're pretty confident that that rates will will come down uh, soon eventually. Um, I think in terms of housing prices, you know, I, I went into the year kind of thinking we'd see that five to ten percent correction that I, I don't think is is uh, defined as a crash, and I think that seems to be playing out. So right now, it's still a challenging market, but we're we're growing, growing. We're we're doing a lot of loans. We're we're making money and. Um, we're really just setting ourselves up to, you know, not be too aggressive and not be too, you know, overboard in chasing deals, but really building the infrastructure, building the track record, building the transparency. So, so when rates do come down and the market gets hot again, um, we'll be right there. We'll be established and ready to really, really take advantage. Well, Robin, this has been super interesting for me to get to understand a bit about your business and how you guys land, how you think about the market. Uh, is there anything else you want to share with the audience or maybe share with them how to find you guys, how to follow your content? Uh, yeah. So um, we, we love connecting with people, even if, uh, you know, there's no deals right now or you're just curious. We, we'd love to get on a phone call with you or, or share some content. Um, you can find me on, on social media, Robin Simon ESC. 
you know, like I said before, I, I post every deal we do, uh, good or bad uh, numbers on, on Twitter. Uh, we do a lot on kind of Instagram. We're building out now YouTube, TikTok. Uh, those accounts are under Easy Street Cap. So not the full capital, just Easy Street Cap. Again, easystreetcap.com is our website. Uh, we have lots of content, lots of information there and, you know, quick applications if, if you'd like to do that. So yeah, we, we like to connect in with people, you know, on, on socials, um, on, on calls. We make the rounds on a lot of uh, industry conferences. So, you know, we were a headline sponsor of the STR Wealth Conference last, last March. Uh, the IMN STR forums, and, and we're going to have a huge presence um, at the Bigger Pockets conference in, in October. If, if anyone uh, is going to be there, so uh, yeah, we we love to connect, and and hopefully rates will come down soon, and we can uh, you know provide financing for a lot of a lot of great opportunities to come in the second half of the year. Well, Robin, thanks so much for joining, and thanks everyone for listening.